This is episode 121, Untangling Money and Love with Jillian. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to the first episode of 2018. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope that you had a beautiful holiday season and New Year. If you missed my New Year's meditation that I put up last Saturday in Coach's Corner, go back and grab that. It's not too late. I also sent out a New Year's ritual. If you're signed up for my newsletter, christinehasler.com, you can also go back and grab that at christinehasler.com on my blog, and it's not too late. Even if you're listening to this episode in February, it's never too late to set your intentions. And hey, February is the Chinese New Year, so you're definitely not too late. I love being intentional about the year and 2018 for me is really about freedom. (laughs) Truly 2017, as I've shared, was about surrender. It wasn't what I chose it to be about, but it's what it needed to be about. And as I sit here and record this episode, I am sitting in a lot of uncertainty in my life. I have shared um, on my Facebook lives, I think I've shared it on the podcast that I have to move by February 1st. This was surprising news to me, especially because I love my home that I moved into and I just moved here not even a year ago. And I don't know what I'm going to do. I really don't know what I'm going to do. The part of me that wants safety and security and a home wants to just find another place. But then there's this other part of me that's like, wow, my my car lease is coming to an end. I have to get out of my home lease. And I'll share more about why at a later date. Uh, but what what's keeping me tied? What's making me want you know a home? What is that need for safety and security? And so I'm also entertaining the idea of uh going to Australia for a month. So all my Australian listeners, I may be out there for the month of February. Stay tuned for that. I I really don't know. And my challenge to myself, and I hope this inspires you, is I am intentionally making this choice and walking through this differently than I have in the past. In the past, I want to know. I, I, when uncertainty is thrown my way, I go into Virgo planning mode, how I make myself feel better and how I deal with fear is I usually go into, okay, action. What do I need to do to make myself feel safe again? And I know, like my soul knows that true safety resides within and it's not, it doesn't come from anything external, but like all humans, I have grown attached to things. I've grown attached to this, this home that I'm living in now. And this is a huge lesson in letting go of attachment. And so I'm allowing the universe to show me. I am not frantically looking for a place. I'm not going into Uber planning mode. I'm doing a lot more praying, a lot more meditating and saying, okay, universe, show me where you want me. Where do you want me to go? And so maybe an incredible opportunity will come up in February. Maybe someone will come invite me to speak in some foreign country. I have no idea. Or maybe I'll find another great place here. Who knows? All I know is that rather than gripping the wheel with 
white knuckles, you know, rather than my hands, hands clenched on the wheel of life. I'm sitting with my palms wide open saying, show me. So if you are dealing with any kind of uncertainty, if you don't know what your next step is, or if something like an expectation hangover has come up in your life, how can you respond differently than you have in the past? How can you really lean into faith by not going into over planning? And how can you let the universe show you and guide you rather than allowing your fear and your discomfort with uncertainty to motivate your decisions? One thing I am certain of is how much I love this podcast and how much I love all of you and how much I love what I do and how blessed I am. And my team and I are so excited about 2018 because we have a lot of stuff coming up for you. My first journal, my first actual physical product is going to be released and we're in the finishing stages of that. So look out for that. You're going to love it. It's 40 days to increase your peace, productivity, and prosperity. Again, make sure you're signed up at christinehauser.com and see you are the first to know when it's released. Also, we're going to be shifting around inner circle a bit and my mastery course. Um, I'm also going to be changing the Bali retreat. We're still going to be in Bali but it's actually going to be turned into a larger mastermind uh, process. So I'm just kind of teasing you with details right now more soon. So stay tuned. And since this is the first podcast of the new year, I really want to support you in making lasting changes and dissuade you from making new year's resolutions. Like if you made them just go ahead and toss them away and instead go back and do my new year's ritual that's up on my blog. Because did you know that over 50% of new year's resolutions fail by the end of January? Well, why is that? Well, usually it's because our resolutions are too extreme, like going from having a terrible diet to getting off sugar, gluten, and dairy all at once. But mostly it's because resolutions come from a place of judgment think about it. When you make a resolution, it usually comes from not liking something about yourself or your life and vowing to change it. That is not a very inspiring come from. So this year, instead of making resolutions that you may actually end up sabotaging at some point, I invite you to focus on heading toward your values. Instead of getting away from what you don't like by making resolutions, how can you move more toward what you do? For example, if one of your values is love, how can you enjoy the current love in your life even more and share love even more? If you value health, how can you be even more grateful for your health and the pleasure of being in a vital human body so you're inspired to continue to make healthy choices? The simple fact is that if you love where you are now, you are more likely to love where you're headed. We cannot live in when-thens and expect to be fulfilled. Your happiness is not someday it's right now. I've mentioned this before on the show, but I'll mention it again. 2018 is an 11 year, which is all about connection, oneness, intuition, synchronicity, and being aware we are spiritual beings having a human experience. How do I know it's an 11 year? Well, because two plus one plus eight is, you guessed it, 11. So this is a great year to focus on self-love, self-acceptance, and self-care. Those things are not selfish. In fact, the kinder and more loving you are to yourself, the more love you have to give and share. 
Which brings me to today's coaching call with Jillian. She never felt like number one as a child and definitely does not feel like that now. Her self-love and self-trust is low and she finds herself buying love. Money and love have been combined and entangled her entire life and her self-worth is very dependent on her net worth. However, at the same time, she doesn't like having money. This is a very interesting call that I think you'll receive a lot of value from. And before we dive in, and speaking of money, I want to tell you about our new sponsor, FreshBooks. And this is perfect timing because the beginning of the year is a great time to get organized. FreshBooks makes cloud accounting software for creative professionals that's so straightforward to use, you'll save hours every week and have more time to let your creativity flourish. If that's not enough incentive, the FreshBooks platform has been rebuilt from the ground up. They've taken simplicity and speed to an entirely new level and added powerful new features. I can't cover them all, but things like sending a branded invoice in under 30 seconds and enabling online payments in two clicks is a good place to start. There's also a new projects feature where you can invite employees or contractors to collaborate and easily share information, files, and updates. If you're listening to this and not using FreshBooks yet, now would be the time to try it. FreshBooks is offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial for all my listeners, no credit card required. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash Christine and enter over it and on with it in the how did you hear about us section. Again, a free 30-day trial, freshbooks.com slash Christine, enter over it and on with it in the how did you hear about us section. Okay. So as you were listening to my call with Jillian, consider if we have a relationship with money, just like we do with people, how would you describe your relationship with money? What was your family's financial situation growing up and how did that affect you? Was money an issue? Do you ever feel like someone tried to buy your love and affection or apologize with material things when all you really wanted was their actual love, affection, or apology? Have you ever tried to buy affection or attention with gifts or money? And finally, and this is a biggie, so really think about this question. Do you trust yourself when it comes to money? Keep these questions in mind as you listen to my session with Jillian. Jillian, welcome to the show. What's your question? Hi, Christine. Thank you so much for taking, um, talking to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I listen to you a lot. I think you're amazing. My question is about money and trust. Okay. I'm 54. I'm on my third marriage and I've been married for almost two years. And an issue that keeps coming up for me is, is, is trust and money with my new husband. Um, I think I have a pattern of having money and trust issues since I was a little girl. I've had a hard time trusting in my marriage and I go, I waver back and forth as to like whether I'm even imagining it or, or if it's real, like does he love me for me or does he love me because I can make good money? Mm. Um, and I, you know, and then I think, Oh, I'm crazy. I'm crazy to think that, or, you know, why uh, he's going to be with me for a while. And then maybe because of my age, he's going to want somebody that is younger or wants more money. I know it sounds kind of ridiculous when I hear myself say it, but it keeps rooting its head sure. and I've had issues with, with it my whole life with money, even before this marriage. And what were the issues with money before the marriage? Um, so if I go to the bank and I deposit money, I don't ever want to see how much I have, even though I, I make good money. I, um, when I was, my parents have quite a good amount of money. So they've, 
uh, my whole life, like we, when I was 16, got $10,000 before I, you know, as just as a present and just be careful. Don't, you know, don't do anything wrong with the money. Okay. It's just, it's been a way in, in my life where I don't know if, if, if love and money seem to blend, right? It blend and, and it just keeps coming up in ways in my life. And, and I don't want, I don't want to continue it, but when I look at it or I try to step back and look at what, what am I actually fearing here? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not taking responsibility for myself. I don't feel like I I make a lot of money, but I spend it. I give it away. I donate it. I, so you don't like having it. I don't want to see it. No, I say a lot of times my friends will say, why do you say that? You don't like money. I just, I feel like it, really brings out a lot of stuff that, that I don't want to face maybe. Okay. Like what? Well, that's a hard question. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, so how, how in your family, cause we, we just like have a relationship with other people. We have a relationship with money. So what was the relationship your parents had to money um, and what was the relationship that they had with you and money? For example, um, did they buy you things when you did well? Did, did like what? What was sort of the dynamic growing up with money? Um, I remember being told at about twelve years old, my dad was drinking a bit, and he said that um, I would never have to worry about money my whole life. That we were always taken care of, and that's well why he works so hard. And my sister was extremely happy by that. And I was really sad by that. I remember being sad because I wanted him, I wanted to be able to like, as silly as it sounds, buy him an ice cream or, or do something with him that wasn't based on money. And then, and then another thing, my grandfather had money also. And, and they used to tell me when Papa dies, um, you're going to have a lot of money. So you need to, you know, you don't have to worry about money. You don't have to go to college. You don't, you know, these, and so it made me feel really bad when I spent time with my grandpa because I thought in the back of my head, Oh, mm-hmm. am I spending money with my grandpa because I love my grandpa, which I did. But why am I thinking that people are thinking I'm spending time with my grandpa because he who's going to be leaving me with money. And then when he passed, you know, he was the closest man in my life. There was no money. Nothing was said about it. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I was so angry at it actually at, at that being feeling that feeling during my life uh, that I'm with my grandfather because I want to be with him or with my parents because I want to be with them. Not because they're going to give me money. Does that make gotcha. sense? Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like your whole life you have been looking to separate love and money. Like even the thing about your dad, you know, wanting to buy him an ice cream. Could it also be true that as a little girl, like you didn't care so much about the money. Like maybe you just wanted him. You wanted him to maybe stop drinking. You wanted him to be around more. You wanted him, not so much money. Would that be fair to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. would be fair. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like instead of having connection and love, you got money. And so 
you're kind of mad at money because it's this thing that everybody says is so great. And if you have money, you don't worry, but people place way too much importance on money and not enough importance on love. (laughs) And it sounds Mm -hmm. like as a young girl, you were very wise in terms of what you were craving. Like you, you want, you wanted love, you want a connection. Would you say that that's still something that you crave on a deep level is, is love and connection mm-hmm. with people? Yeah. Mm-hmm, but I don't know that I'll be loved if I don't have money. Exactly. Because that's the, the pairing. You think it's an either or. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. You know, either I, I have money. And I get love for that. Or maybe I could Mm -hmm. have love, but I may not have money. Or if I have no money, I have no love. So none of those are Mm. a (laughs) win-win situation. At all. No. At all. And I can appreciate why, why, because anything that we're fearful of, any kind of limiting belief that we're fearful of on some like unconscious level, we try to test. So if you have a fear that people won't love me and if I have money, you're going to spend everything you have because you want to know, like, is it true? Is it going to happen? So on some level, because you believe that you're sabotaging yourself because you want to test like currently the husband now, like, well, what if, Mm -hmm. what if I don't have it? Like, is he still going to stay? Mm-hmm. Do you, does, mm-hmm. does it make sense what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. it does. Yeah. So I think what is important um, here for you, Jillian, is to really make it okay, first of all, that you've been craving love for a really long time. And the people that have loved you have given you more money than they have actual time and love, which is what you wanted. Mm. And so in a sense, you're kind of angry at money because it got used Mm. as emotional currency. Mm -hmm. So what's coming up for you as I say all this? That I, I feel like I'm doing that to my husband, what my parents did to me. Tell me more about that. I feel like if I can, if I have money or if I not have money, but if I, so we just got married and our accounts are slowly merging into one and, but not all the way merged into one. And so I feel like if I, um, if I put more money into the account that he's not expecting maybe, and he sees it that, I, he'll love me more. Right. So, yeah. so what you never got to really kind of practice as a kid is asking for what you need. Whenever you needed something, money was just thrown at you. Mm -hmm. Would you say Mm -hmm. that when you had problems as a kid or saw any, any kind of challenge the family had, it was solved with money? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. So you never really got to practice solving, especially interpersonal dynamics through vulnerability. 
through communication, through emotional intimacy. So the only kind of currency you, you know how to use in terms of connection is money. But what I want to say to you is you have Mm -hmm. something far more valuable, your heart, your love. And so in this marriage, I would consider talking to your husband more, sharing more Mm -hmm. what you need, what you're feeling, what you're scared of. Like how, how are you at having vulnerable conversations with people that you're close to? I think I'm pretty good at that. I think I'm pretty good at that. Um, Have you told your husband flat out, I'm afraid that you won't love me if I don't have money? I I have said something like that. I've said something like, well, he actually, he has said, um, I had a bookkeeper steal a lot of money from my business this last year, and she's actually in prison, so it was quite a bit of money, and um, my husband said, I didn't marry you for your money, or I I didn't think when I married you, you even had money. So he said that to me, but the actions in, in the marriage now is that I'm making like triple what he makes, and I am fine with that, but I, I still struggle with, oh, whether or not I can trust him. I, mm-hmm. I, I keep coming back to, to that. Mm-hmm. Can I trust him? And how do I know if I can trust him? How do I even know that? How do I ever know that? Well, but here's here's the thing, Jillian. You don't trust yourself with money. You can't even keep what right. you spend. You manifested a bookkeeper that stole from you. The common denominator in mm. all of these situations is you, my love. Mm. Mm. That, that hits home. And I'm not saying yeah. that in the sense I don't want you to hear this in you did anything wrong. I want you to hear this mm-hmm. in, as in, if I'm the common denominator, then wow, mm. I have power. Here you are afraid of all these other people, specifically your husband right now. But really the issue is mm-hmm. between you and you and trusting yourself. And, and part of self-trust is being willing to have these vulnerable and intimate conversations with people. Because I, I think that you, you do it to a degree that you feel safe. And I want you to kind of push past the point of feeling safe in terms of your vulnerability and your communication with people and start to, because if you don't have emotional trust with yourself and with others, it's hard to have Mm. any kind of trust. I think the reason why you don't trust people is because you're still learning how to really have true, healthy, Mm -hmm. emotional connection and vulnerability with people. How do you do that? How do I do that? Which how, part? How do how do you start to do that? Trust be. How do I trust people? Well, it starts. I, it starts with you. Sorry. It starts, it's, it's okay. It's okay. okay. I, this, there's a this is a lot, and you know there's a lot more here than I can do in 20 minutes. But I'm going to help you the best I can. Fine. So okay. Okay. it starts with trusting yourself. So tell me the ways in which you break your word with yourself. How do you betray your own trust? Break your word with yourself, um, not be accountable, do something you didn't want to do, lie to yourself. Tell me ways you break your trust with yourself. 
I don't, I'm not responsible. Um, I run a business and I, I work really, really hard, but I don't take the time to like look at the bottom line and take the time to actually really read the, you know, like at the end of the profit and loss, I just keep working. I just work really fast and really hard and really furious. And I just keep going, okay, I'm making money, making money, making money. And then I spend money, spend money, spend money, but there's, it's just chaos. You know, right. Right. there's right. no, I don't, I don't slow myself down. I just keep making it. Right. Right. Because it's like you make it, make it, make it because the conditioning is money is love, money is love, money is love, but then you have it. And then you get resentful, just like you were resentful of your dad mm-hmm. for saying, you know, you don't ever have to worry mm-hmm. about things or wait till your grandpa dies and you're mm-hmm. going to have money. And mm-hmm. so then you make, 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 then the resentment kicks in, triggers all your childhood stuff around those, all those times as a little girl, you wanted to scream, I don't want money. I just want you. I don't want your money. I just want you to mm-hmm. love me. And so then you're like, screw money mm-hmm. and you spend it. And then, and then, and then, uh oh, uh oh, no money. Uh oh, where's the love? Where's the love? Better make it, 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 make it. Oh, money. Nah, this is not what I want. I want intimacy. I want connection. I hate money. Spend, 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 spend. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So, how you stop that cycle is you look at these ways that you're breaking trust with yourself, like not being responsible, not looking at the bottom line all that kind of stuff. And if, mm-hmm. so for example, if you had an employee who wasn't responsible, who wasn't looking at the bottom line and just kept working frantically, how would you handle mm-hmm. that employee? What, how would you want them to be different? I, well, I would, I would want them to slow down and I would want them to be efficient and look at their job, be proud of their work. Mm-hmm. Um, save their money mm-hmm. so that they aren't, you know, mm-hmm. angry mm-hmm. with, with their job, you know, be happy with their job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know how to coach yourself through this. It's mm. just a matter of doing it. Mm. Yeah. So let me see if I can give you a practical suggestion. It's, I want you to, cause you said you don't look at your bank balance or anything like that. And when you just look at money, you, you spend it. Is that correct? Well, yeah, I don't, I don't pay attention to either. You don't pay attention to I either. just work hard. I just keep working. I just keep working and I just keep working and I just keep making everybody happy and I just keep right. working and then I get exhausted and then I get frustrated. Right. And do you understand Jillian that you're not actually working for money? You're actually working for love. Yeah, I I'm looking at that now. I yeah. that makes sense to me. But, and I but I also feel like I'm controlling people with money myself because I'm you know, like I can make people love me or not love me by giving them gifts. I give a lot of gifts away. And so I'm doing in essence what my dad sort of did mm-hmm. to me, I think. Right. But, and the thing is, we don't know if you're making people love you. You're just making people be nice mm. to you at this point because you're giving them stuff. Mm. It's mm-hmm. not really love. 
how can someone mm-hmm. love you when they can't really see you because you're hiding behind material things? Mm-hmm. So why don't you start to see that you, you, Jillian, are a valuable gift to others? Just you being you, you being someone's friend, you being someone's wife, you being someone's colleague, someone's neighbor, sister, whoever. Stop mm-hmm. hiding behind money and materialism. This is another way we start trusting ourselves is we take off the masks and we show up and we give of ourselves in a different way. What were you going to ask? I was going to say, is that enough? <laughs> like what comes up for me is, is that enough? Like, Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Yeah. If your dad, instead of having that drink and saying you never have to worry mm. about money again, had come into your room and said, Jillian, what, what happened at school today? I want to hear all about it. Mm. Would that have been enough? Yeah, yeah. Would that have felt yeah, better? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't feel like I'm, you know, that I'm, that I'm, I'm actually worthy of his time. You exactly, know, exactly. Thought. So consider the people in your life that you're giving all these gifts to are feeling the same way that little girl did are questioning, like, why doesn't Jillian just want to, like, be with me? Why doesn't she just want to, like, hang out and talk? Why does she always come with a gift? (laughs) So you're depriving others of the very experience you felt deprived of. Mm -hmm. So it's not really, Mm -hmm. is it enough? It's a completely different thing. It's the difference Mm -hmm. between actual connection and almost like bribery. You don't yeah. have to buy love. Okay. If I if I stop making as much money, if I stop making as much money, then you know, then it's gonna he 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 has a set income with his career, so there's no you know chance of of up or down or whatever. so. So if I stop making it out as as much money or, or that I'm making, then our quality of life has to go, you know, down. Well, here's, here's the thing. The other thing that needs to happen is you've got to get your financial Mm -hmm. IQ up because you're with the amount of money that you're making. If you had an invested Mm -hmm. better, if you had a good financial um, manager planner, Mm -hmm. you're, you're again, making this assumption. Your, your view of money is very limited. It's very limited. You don't see money as an abundant thing. And you also don't see that money can grow on its own. You think you have to be working all the time to make it. Yeah. And because there's this trust thing, you've got this weird relationship with spending. And so if you actually became more responsible with your money, more trustworthy with yourself, actually got educated about it. Um, and, mm-hmm. and learned mm-hmm. about it. And instead of buying all these gifts for people invested in increasing your financial IQ and making your money work for you, then all this kind of fear around, oh my gosh, if I don't make mm-hmm. as much, then what's going to happen? And also the whole, our quality of life is going to go down. That would shift. Mm-hmm. The thing is like, yeah, again, yeah. money is, is, 
is a relationship and it is energy, but you have a very, even though you have a lot of money, you have a scarcity mentality about it. Yes, that's so true. I do. So this is a a couple things. It's, it's, you know, looking at your relationship with money, there's lots of books out there about wealth consciousness and our relationship with money. This is about self-trust. This is about stop buying things for people. Stop buying people's love. Stop bribing people into loving you. This is about like remembering, like start giving people and yourself what you wanted as a little girl. As a little girl, you didn't want gifts and money or your grandpa to die to get the money. You wanted Mm. connection. Yeah. Yeah. So start giving that to yourself and giving that to others instead of playing out this pattern. But the whole trust issue, whenever you go into, can I trust my husband? It's really about how do I start to trust myself? Okay. Yeah. Because because you have such deep trust issues, you don't even trust that you married the right person. (laughs) Yeah. Or, or that, yeah, or the person really loves me. Right. Or, yeah. Well, yeah. it's hard to know if anyone loves you when you don't love yourself. Yeah. So this is kind of multi-layered and there's a lot here and we covered a lot of ground. So are you working mm-hmm. with a really good therapist or coach on all of this? Because there's a lot here to unpack. No. Okay. Uh, I had had a really great uh coach for many years and and she passed away unfortunately and I haven't had anybody to talk to for two or three years so okay. I probably need to search that out yeah and you might need someone with um some therapeutic training as well that can kind of blend okay. the two because there's some okay there's some I don't necessarily know that the word trauma is appropriate, but there's some childhood, <laughs> this is a very therapeutic word, <laughs> gunk, <laughs> some childhood gunk okay. <laughs> that needs to be kind of unpacked a little bit. And I, I would also start asking people that you trust, people that are good with money mm-hmm. for somebody mm-hmm. like a good financial advisor or planner that can help you really look at things and start to become more grown okay. up because you, you're engaging in yeah. very um, little girl behavior with your money. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. Yeah. It doesn't feel good. I, I don't want to do that. I want to break that. But every time I try to break that, then I go back into the, the, the circle, the cycle, you well, know, the wheel. Yeah. yeah. Well, you need some help with this. And, and what I'll say here is where you can start on your own is making a list of all the ways you break trust with yourself and writing out new agreements. Okay. You have the thing that you can do today, right now, when we hang up, is you've got to stop breaking your word with yourself. Okay. I like that. I never looked at it like that. That's so good. Does, Does this give you some things to work with? Absolutely. Yes, it does very much so. Good. And just watch that cycle, you know, the got to make, got to make, got to make, got to earn love. Ooh, ooh, resentment. Oh, get rid of this awful money. Oh, now I'm scared. Got to get love again. You know, watch that. And the other thing that you can do is you can go to your bank and you can have, 
you can set it up. You can open a separate account and set it up so like a certain amount mm-hmm. comes out of your paycheck and goes into a savings account or something. And name name that savings uh-huh. account like my trust fund, literally. Uh, <laughs> so that it's going in there. That's good. Instead That's of good. spending it, have it go into your trust fund. <laughs> okay, I can do that. Okay. <sighs> okay. And the more vulnerable conversations you, you so have, much. you're welcome. The more vulnerable conversations you have with people, including your husband, the more you'll see, you know, it's like the people I trust the most are the people that I've been most vulnerable with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. 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 Got it. All right. I work on my list right now. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love the pro proactivity. <laughs> All right. Thank my love. you so much for your time. My pleasure. All right. Sending you a big hug. Thank you to Jillian for bringing such an important topic to the show, our relationship with money. I hope this call gave you some aha moments regarding your relationship with money, especially when it comes to trusting yourself with it. Let's break down this call a bit. It was clear that Jillian had a bit of a love-hate relationship with money. She was easily able to make it, but she couldn't seem to hold on to it and didn't even want to look at it. For example, she said she didn't even look at her bank statements when she made deposits. This revealed she had a rather dysfunctional relationship with money, which is why I went in the direction I did, asking about her past. I wanted to know where her relationship with money began and why she had so much anger toward it. Well, as you heard in the call, money was used as emotional currency in her family. She was given a lot of money, told she didn't have to worry about money, but all she really wanted was love and attention. So it's not the money she's angry at. It's actually her father she's angry at, who threw money at her instead of his affection, attention, and love. Money became associated with all her memories of feeling neglected and misunderstood, so no wonder she has such a love-hate relationship with it. This love-hate relationship manifested in the cycle I pointed out to her. She makes it, makes it, makes it, makes it because she thinks she needs it to be loved, she needs it to survive, and then she gets mad at it because it triggers all her past issues with specifically her father, and then she just doesn't want any of it and she gets away from it, but then she panics because she doesn't have it and then the cycle starts all over again. So in order to break the cycle, Jillian has to heal her relationship with money, aka her past and her father, and really work on healing that relationship with dad, which is why I suggested working with someone who has some psychotherapy training and can support her in healing her past. Jillian has love and money paired together. They're entangled, which is incredibly confusing and has made her repeat the behavior of her father, buy people gifts or even support them financially like her husband. My guess is that Jillian deeply fears that if she does not buy gifts or cannot provide for it financially, that she won't be loved. She even admitted that in the show. As she works to disconnect money and love, she will have healthier relationships. I encourage her to do this by becoming more vulnerable, by sharing her true emotions rather than using money as emotional currency. It may be hard for her at first, but intimacy and true connection has been what she's been craving since she was a child. Another thing we talked about is how anything we unconsciously fear, we test. So for example, she has this fear of, if I don't have money, will people still love me? So she tests it by almost sabotaging her financial well-being to see if, wow, will he still love me? Will he still stay? You know, another way this can manifest is like, if you have a fear of abandonment or that someone doesn't really love you, you'll push and you'll push and you'll push all their buttons almost to the point where you sabotage the relationship because you're like, oh, 
see, see, like you're going to abandon me. So I want you to think about that. Like, what are you unconsciously testing that you're actually manifesting? I also encourage Jillian to increase her financial IQ. She's been good at earning money because it's been a survival skill, not necessarily because she's savvy financially. Do very different things. But as she disconnects money and love, she can take her earning power to the next level and learn how to be smart with her money so it works for her. Then she can learn to solve financial problems with money and people problems with vulnerability and honest communication. Finally, I want to talk to you about something I spoke with Jillian about, which is trust. Self-trust is huge. If you don't trust yourself, you'll have a hard time trusting others. So like I said to Jillian, make a list of all the ways you break your word with yourself and clean that up. Also, if you can relate to buying people's affection or attention, stop hiding behind money. Honestly, sometimes it's easier to throw a money or gift at someone rather than spending time with them or really sharing your heart. But easier doesn't mean better. So if you're using money or gifts as emotional currency, I encourage you to bring your heart more into your relationships rather than your wallet. You are a very valuable gift to others. Your heart, people connecting to you, is far more valuable, priceless than any gift you could provide. So some action steps for you. Again, make a list of the ways you break trust with yourself and form new agreements. Keep your word with yourself. Evaluate your relationship with money and up your financial IQ. Go and just Google books on increasing your financial IQ or books on improving your relationship with money. Tons will pop up. Use your intuition as to which one is right for you. And those of you who are more comfortable with buying things for people, challenge yourself to be more intimate with people. Actually spend time with them. Write them a card instead of giving them a gift. And I also love the idea of Jillian setting up her trust fund and automatically having money going into this trust fund. So if navigating your relationship with money and really trusting yourself with money is something you're working on, you can go to your bank and set that up too. Just set up a separate account and every time your paycheck is deposited or you make a deposit, have a certain percentage go into your quote unquote trust fund. I'm not saying you have to go out and get an actual trust fund. I'm just saying you call it a trust fund for the purpose of your psyche beginning to trust yourself about money. So thank you so much for listening. I hope this call is helpful. I always love your feedback on the show notes or on Instagram or Facebook. I'm sending you so, so, so much love and many blessings for an amazing 2018. And I cannot wait to see what we co-create on over it and on with it this year. Hey guys, it's Caitlin Bristow with Off the Vine. Last year was so great and I'm kicking off the new year with a bang. I'm adding a mini episode each week. I'm going to answer your questions, take your confessions, and just so much more. So check out new episodes of Off the Vine every Tuesday and the new mini episodes starting Thursday, January 11th, exclusively at podcastone.com and the Podcast One app. Plus remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps me out. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.